Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show that focuses on people and organizations making a big difference here in North Texas. I'm your host, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan, and joining us right now is the Director of Creative Voice. That's right, the Director of Creative Voices at BigThought.org, Miss Christina Dove. How are you doing, Christina? Hi, Chris. I'm doing well. That That is right. That's me. Well, first of all, I've always been so impressed with Big Thought. I've done a lot of different things with Big Thought in the past, and I thought we got to have you guys back on to talk about the latest and the greatest. For those who don't know, Big Thought equips youth in marginalized communities to imagine and create their best lives and world. You seek to unlock creative potential so that all youth can realize their inner greatness. And that may sound very vast, but you guys do an excellent job with the execution of it all. Am I saying anything out of place so far? No, you're actually right on track. That is exactly who we are at Big Thought. Well, tell people more about Big Thought and how Big Thought came to be. So Big Thought is just a very unique, almost unicorn of a nonprofit because we do so many dynamic things. The organization is um, upwards of 35 years old, um, a local organization um, here in the city. So 35 years in the city of Dallas and beyond um, North Texas doing uh, this amazing work. We started out as an art integration um, agency, Mm -hmm. really focusing heavily um, on the arts and how we integrate arts um, into the school day and into after school. And from there, we took on, you know, some really big after school uh, work through the Texas Education Agency. And that's how um, we got the program Thriving Minds After School, which is what, you know, uh, a lot of people know Big Thought for. Your kids and your family members have probably been a part of of a thriving minds after school program, particularly if they've been in a Dallas ISD Mm -hmm. um, elementary campus. But at some point um, through thriving minds, through our work with learning partners, uh, which is a lot of, we do systems work. So we work with partners. Um, Big Thought is big, but we do a lot of work in the city with other uh, nonprofits and city entities and and civic uh, organizations. Um, as well as, you know, we build things, we build programs, we um, 
mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, programs for adjudicated youth. Uh, um, we recently um, had, uh, as you know, one of the maps come out to um, one of our, our schools out in Fort Worth. And yeah, Dorian Finney-Smith. We... I was out there with him and Byron was there. Yeah. It was a great occasion for mentorship and for kids in and in a, like you said, a marginalized community to actually meet a professional athlete and someone who had to work their way into the league and be on a, a team that went to the Western Conference Finals. Dorian Finney-Smith is a great example of somebody that came from nowhere with nothing and worked himself to be very, very good and talented. Um, and, and again, the kids went crazy, and they also had yeah. a, a chance and an opportunity to do some basketball skills with the Dallas Mavericks Basketball Academy. But the Mavs Take Action program with Dorian Finney-Smith, that was a, a big, 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 big part of what they were doing. And like I said, Big Thought was a part of that. Can you talk about how you guys did that particular event and partner with the Dallas Mavericks that particular time? Yeah, so the Mavericks and Big Thought have a very strong partnership. Byron, our CEO, is heavily engaged with the Mavs Foundation and just has been um, kind of our evangelist um, in those places with the Mavs to, to talk up our programs and to really put us out there Um, as an organization that could really benefit from having one of their players come out and speak to our students. Um, The unique thing with um, Dorian Finney-Smith was that he had a story and Mm -hmm. a lot of our students have a story, right? And we wonder- They can relate. Yeah, they can relate to him. He was so relatable. He was, you know, very uh, accessible to them at a time when, you know, students don't always have access to professional athletes um, that are actually coming to them, meeting them where they are. And so it was just a really unique program um, that we were able to collaborate with the Mavs on to to have uh, Mr. Smith come out and just spend some time with our kids, look them in their eyes, help them with skills, tell his story about, um, you know, we lo- we heard it that he lost a brother and he grew up, um, you know, in a single fa- in a single parent home. And mm-hmm. that is so much of the story of our students. Mm-hmm. Um, and to make that connection in their community, bringing a professional athlete out there to them that they can relate to was just really big and really powerful. Um, for our students to be able to engage and, and be in partnership with him for that day. What's so amazing is I think maybe adults don't really understand it, but when when you're a kid, if someone that you admire or from a world that you think is not even real, you know, the NBA mm-hmm. or sports or television or entertainment, to, to see them in your world, not just go to a game, but in your neighborhood, in your school, yeah. it's life-changing. I remember when I was a little kid, the weatherman came to our cafeteria and spoke to our kids at our when I was in grade school, and I was like, "I want to be on TV. I want to be. <laughs> I can do this too." It just that yeah. that big of an impact, and so that's why I think that Big Thought has been very instrumental. Not just you know partnering with like the Mavericks Foundation or or other kind of groups like that, but the fact that you're there to provide resources for, like you said, uh, marginalized communities. And it helps kids imagine and create and think that they can be a part of something big and not just be, you know, somebody that sits on the step of the house all the time. Exactly. And the the beautiful thing um, about a school like Metro Hanley in Fort Worth Mm -hmm. is that we're there to show up as 
you know, believers in the students. We're there to show up as you can you can get a second chance and turn it around. You can keep going. And, and most of all that we see you, we notice you. And that's a beautiful piece about Big Thought in our work is that we not only do that work with students that have had some challenges at school, um, we do that with youth in the current juvenile system with Tarrant County and That's Dallas right. County. And so we make sure that we're not just showing up for students in schools, but we're also showing up for students that have that are a part of the, um, the, the juvenile system. And we make sure that they know that we believe in you too, and that there are second chances and there are practices that we believe in that we put into all of our programs at Big Thought that you know, not only we, we're not only saying that we're transcending that through our teaching artists and the people that we put in front of those students so that they can go out and be successful at something and have a second chance. So all of that kind of encompasses this whole um, model that we, you know, stand by about restorative justice and making sure that students know that one mistake doesn't define them for the rest right. of their lives. Um, and we make sure that the people that we put in front of them also um, can display that and, 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 and be like a mentor um, and someone to look up to kind of like uh, Dorian Finney-Smith was in that day. We try to do that, you know, every day that we can uh, throughout our programs and the people and the adults that we put in front of them. I'm so glad you brought up uh, the fact that Big Thought has a program about juvenile justice intervention. And I bring this up because I know little kids from my, when I talk to students a lot, they all say, Oh, you don't want to wind up in juvie and <laughs> juvie is the juvenile justice department. And I always try to tell kids, do not be defined by your mistakes. People make mistakes all the time. What you do is you learn from your mistakes. You make uh-huh. those mistakes, make you stronger. It's like if you have a class and, and you have a bad grade, you don't say, Oh, I'm just a, a, a bad learner. No, you talk to the teacher and you figure out how I can take that test over or you figure out how you can pass the, the test or pass the test the next time. You don't mm-hmm. define yourself by your mistakes. So how did Big Thought get involved with the juvenile justice system and the juvenile justice intervention that you guys do? Because I think that is so laudable. Yeah, so it started about 30 or so years ago. Um, we had a really amazing Um, woman that worked with Big Thought by the name of Alicia Schmidt. And she had a team of people um, that began work going into um, the centers, the juvenile centers, um, doing evening reporting, their evening reporting centers and places like that. And her and her team would go in and do creative arts with those students, uh, which allowed them to have um, a new way to express themselves instead of through aggression and anger. Mm-hmm. They now could, you know, put their hands on something, make ceramics, do um, glass blowing, create a visual piece, um, or even movement and dance. And so she really took that, the model that she um, and, and that big thought was putting into place that was happening with the county inside those centers. And we began to think about how can we take the students out of this space and into, um, you know, another space, something a little unorthodox for them um, and get them out of that that feeling of confinement and mm-hmm. really get them out into a space where they can move around, where they can be creative. Um, and that's how we ended up with the partnership uh, with SMU and Dallas County um, to do creative solutions 
which is a seven week program that we do uh, with Southern Methodist University to bring those students um, that are a part of the juvenile system into the college space to really give them an, an opportunity to be creators. Um, Big Thought is all about creating creators. And so we give these students an opportunity to be successful creators, to explore different things in the arts world that they may not have done before. Production, uh, lighting, mm -hmm. um, you know, musical theater. I mean, things that you wouldn't even, you know, imagine these students are like, wow, I can do this and I'm good at it. So like, I'm going to, you know, push hard in these seven weeks. And they do a, an amazing performance at the end where their parents can come, the probation officers can come. So it's really a, you know, this, when we say it takes a village, you know, Big Thought is really putting into place this village mindset that it, we're going to need the probation officers. We're going to need the community. We're going to need, you know, teaching artists and professionals to come in and their parents and their families to be a part of this support system for these students. And it works. Um, and, and the data shows that, you know, these students um, out of, you know, a lot of these adjudicated programs across the, the, the North Texas you know, the Creative Solutions Program has the, you know, let the least percentage of recidivism. Um, our rate is very low. And so that is a testament to, you know, everyone that students can take a second chance and mm -hmm. be amazing and turn their lives around and be, I mean, we have Creative Solutions students that are, you know, gone on to college. They're amazing artists that are out wow. here in our community right now. And so it, it, it can happen, you know, like we need creative solutions everywhere because it's just an amazing opportunity um, to give students that second chance and that opportunity to be great and successful again. Here's what's so wild about it, not to be trite, but it's, it's basically, it may be that old fundamental uh, cliche of, you know, sometimes kids get into trouble because they don't have anything better to do. Yeah. And you've given them the opportunity to be creative, to harness some of this energy where they were not doing anything but conjuring up ways to get into trouble. Mm -hmm. And we have the, the funny. It's funny that you say that because um, through this work, you know, we started to have students that would come and see the performances or come to the art gallery. And then, you know, students begin to say, like, do I have to get in trouble? <laughs> to be a part of something great like this. Like, no. well, how, do I, how do I, you know, how am I able yeah. to do this and not get in trouble? We're like, oh no, we got programs for you too. <laughs> you know, they, we have, that's why we have A-Live and Artivism where youth can come in and be activists and use their voice. So, you know, it's the, the, the that's why I call Big Thought a unicorn because just as fast as we knew we needed to solve, help solve a problem, with the juvenile justice system, we also quickly knew that we needed to, you know, have a preventative program out there for students who, you know, are not getting in trouble, but also want this opportunity as well. And so we designed programs um, with the restorative practices on a preventative, um, with a pre preventative mindset. Um, and we, 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 we had to, we had to design programs for students that you know, had that question, like, do I got to get in trouble to be part of something so else? <laughs> well, that's what you guys do. I mean, it's all about innovation and Big Thought has been doing innovative things over over 30 years. And that's why you're a, a national model of arts education and the, uh, like I said, the juvenile justice intervention. We're talking with Christina Duff. She's the director of Creative Voices. So what does the director of Creative Voices mean in the Big Thought organization? <laughs> 
It means um, I do a lot. Uh, I can but, tell that you're directing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, what it means is I am really a support to an amazing, amazing team of leaders um, that are out here creating great programs like you have involvement with one of the programs in Creative Voices through the Community Action Team. Um, that's a part of Creative Voices. And that program is geared toward, you know, workforce development, career exploration and leadership and just, you know, creating these young people into leaders, into community activists. Um, Creative Voices also houses a, an amazing poetry spoken word a program that we deploy out to middle schools and elementary schools here in Dallas and, and now uh, even in Grand Prairie. Um, and that program is all about student voice and choice and giving life to their words. Um, and, and it also helps with reading and language arts. So, you know, um, we have that program. And then we have Artivism, um, which, you know, is all about youth organizing themselves mm -hmm. and, and finding um, a community problem that they want to solve? Mm -hmm. Is it voters registration? Is it, you know, not enough jobs for young people? What is that problem um, that we can talk about in a unique way through a creative medium and express ourselves to get a to get a message across? And that's what artivism is about. And the students are incubating their own ideas. The adults are there merely as support, um, but the youth are facilitating and creating and designing um, so it's really a, a unique um, program for older youth. And, um, you know, under Creative Voices now, we also have uh, Thriving Minds and all of our out-of-school time work. Um, it's, it's another load of work that I uh, oversee. And, you know, Thriving Minds is, is my baby. That's where I got my start. Mm -hmm. I started out um, as a program manager running an after-school program at Big Thought. And so um, the opportunity to now kind of come full circle and direct um, a lot of programs that I've had my toe in at some point in my, you know, almost 12 years at Big Thought um, is really exciting. Okay. So you have led me to my next question, which is <laughs> how you got involved with Big Thought in the first place, because you seem like you're very fulfilled in what you do. In other words, this is not a job. This is a career because you enjoy what you do. And in your mind, you're probably not doing a day of work because of the work that you do is so enjoyable. It's so fulfilling. I, I put you guys on the level of, you know, educators and police officers and first responders, firefighters, those who it's not about the money. It's the fulfillment. Yeah. So could you talk about how what led you to Big Thought? And then, like you said, you've been there 12 years now and the things that you find so fulfilling? Mm. So um, I came to Big Thought uh, from, really, I, I lived in Houston for 10 years. I graduated from the University of Houston, go Cougs. And um, I started kind of loving working in nonprofit and working with people. Mm -hmm. And that started, you know, I worked at Planned Parenthood. I worked with the Girl Scouts. Then I found my way back to Dallas in 2008, and I thought about a career change, but I ended up doing some social work with communities and schools, and then I was like, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to stay here, but I have to find somewhere where I can lock in and grow, um, and that's how I came across Big Thought in 2011, and I started out as a site manager 
uh, running an after school program at Marsh Middle School. I had about 100 students in middle school, after school. Mm-hmm. And it was just so fulfilling. I love the teachers. I love working with the families. Um, and yeah, it just, it, it, it was, it was not work and it didn't feel like work. And over, you know, the last five or six years uh, after that, I made my way into the headquarter office at Big Thought and, you know, did a lot of work with Dallas City of Learning. And I've, I've had my toe in so much stuff um, around Big Thought, but it, the, the, the beautiful piece um, about the organization is that it doesn't feel like work. It feels like you're trying to, you know, solve a problem every day, Yeah. but you're solving a problem for humanity, um, mm-hmm. so to speak. And you, and you are also empowering people. Yeah. So a lot of our work is not about, you know, what people would normally think about a nonprofit is like charity, but it's not all about charity. It's also about empowering people to then lead themselves to help students see that they can have a second chance to give a mom and a student an opportunity to both go to college together and get their degree. You know, it's, it's about those types of things that come up in this work that keep you waking up every day fulfilled. Like I'm, I'm fulfilled each and every day because I know that this work is going towards a cause for somebody bigger than, you know, that's bigger than me. It sounds like you really enjoy what you do so much. So you've been there 12 years. You don't see like, well, I got to search for another opportunity because it seems like every day there's something that you really like about it. Or if there's been some lows, the highs that come afterwards supersede that and you're still there. So as you, (laughs) as you, as you see what you do with, with uh, big thought, do you see like how, Big Thought has become like the national model for arts education. And can you talk a little bit about the six community partnerships in the United States that you guys are one of that help change kids' lives? And then, you know, I'm going to ask you a story about one of your, 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 your best feelings over either helping a group or a kid or a family and how it changed their life. And I'm only bring that up because I know I get the biggest kick or thrill when educators would tell me about certain kids that came back to visit them years later. They went back to their yeah. sixth grade teacher and look what they've become. And they give that teacher a lot of credit. So I know there's some stories like that in your life. Yeah, I have to pick one. Huh? I'll try mm-hmm. to pick one. And you don't want to leave anybody out, but this is one of them. You may, it may not be the best one, but this is one of them. Um, okay, I'll think about that. To, to answer your other question about us being a national model, mm-hmm. um, I think there's several reasons for that. It's it's the way we implement. So, you know, we got noticed um, by National Foundation several years back when we did this huge summer learning initiative where we were deploying, you know, thousands of kids to Fair Park and hundreds of kids to different elementary schools. Um, for summer learning, Mm -hmm. uh, to really curb a summer learning loss. And that really put us on the map. Um, Then the way we started to build systems. So I had the pleasure of coming into Big Thought at the beginning of our Dallas City of Learning um, initiative and really got to do a lot of the foundational work 
um, for that initiative. And we were just one of, I think, six or so cities that were a part of the Cities of Learning, Chicago, DC, a couple of other ones. Um, but that really helped us notice that we needed to work collectively as a city. Um, and so we were able to grow partnerships from like 50 when I started to, I think now, um, under the current leadership of Mr. Garcia, it's about 700 or more partners that that system works with. And so things like that really put Big Thought on the map uh, for doing nonprofit work in education, <clears throat> mm -hmm. excuse me, education, educational collaborative work like that in, a, in really unique ways. And then, of course, the way we work with adjudicated youth um, and really give them a seven week intensive arts program is also unique. And so for those reasons and, and more, and then, you know, not to mention our Big Thought Institute, where we're creating curriculum for Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Georgia and mm -hmm. AT&T Stadium in Dallas and, you know, you know, using our best practices to, to lend to other uh, cities and states so they can build their after-school programs the way that we are doing it here. Um, so for all of those reasons, you know, that really puts us as a, you know, they used to say a national nonprofit in waiting um, mm -hmm. because we, we're already there where we're doing the work and it's getting, you know, national and even international recognition. Brian Byron went to Oxford um, not too long ago. Okay. So, yeah. So we're, the, we're we, we keep mentioning we're Byron. Let me go ahead and give Miss props. Byron Sanders, who is the president and CEO of Big Thought. And he is a, a, not just a, a, a he's a visionary that's the best way to put yeah. it because what he's done has been outstanding and you say he was at oxford yes he, he was at oxford you know talking about this work wow and so we get you know that national and, and international attention and it's it's amazing and, and challenging and ambitious and and that's who we are at big thought we we, we are ambitious and we're gonna keep pushing and, and keep designing and innovating Okay, now is the time for you to give us a story. Uh -oh. It's story time. Tell us, tell us some organization or not organization, a, a family or, uh, or, or an individual, someone whose life you affected that you just really am proud of what happened, and what had happened was. <laughs> <laughs> what had happened was I, um, as a site manager. You know, I had I had the opportunity to work with students every single day and right. with families. And that's, you know, a, just a reward in itself to, to be able to work with a family for three years or so. Um, but while there, I was given the opportunity to get some funding to take 31 students to Washington, D.C. for five days. And I took 31 students, I think. 28 of them had never been on a plane. Oh, my. Um, they had never left their community, pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I had to work with their families. They had to get to know me because I'm taking your child. Right. Just to like say halfway across the country. Yes. Halfway across the country. And so, you know, the fact that those families trusted me, they trusted the adults that we were taking with us. They trusted Big Thought because this was a Big Thought sponsored and funded trip. And that's um, some pressure on you, too, because you've got to live up to that pressure. Oh, In other words, it. Big Thought said, don't, don't you mess this up, Katrina. 
<laughs> That's exactly what they told me. Mm-hmm. Don't mess this up. When you get out there, do not lose a kid. Don't yeah. do none of that. Like, come back to Dallas with all the uh, Your name will children. be Mug Christina Dove. <laughs> oh, yes. And so, you know, it was a beautiful trip. And, you know, the students got to experience, when I say we took them to all the Smithsonian's that we could got to ride the train. Mm -hmm. Um, We just gave them a full on DC experience. We went down to the Bay and they got to get on one of the Marine boats. I mean, it was just, it was just crazy. Um, And, you know, I still talk to some of those students to this day and they talk about that trip to DC. I bet. And And so forever, it will live with me that I was able to take 31 students um, out of Texas to um, a monumental place like D.C. that they will remember forever. And uh, one of my students that was able to attend, she ended up going off to school in Chicago, and she's actually now working in government. Look out. Working in advocacy. Mm -hmm. And so I still keep in contact with her. So I feel like I might have a little bit to do with that. Yeah, maybe you did. (laughs) And and, and what would you say was the highlight of the trip? Was there a particular occasion or a particular location in other words, uh, when you went to the, you know, uh, Lincoln Monument or when you saw the Washington Monument or did you go by the White House or was there something, was there a dinner or lunch or was it to be on the bay? I mean, what was one of the highlights? Because I know every single stop was just jaw-dropping, especially for the kids. Yeah, every single stop was completely jaw-dropping. But for me, the highlight was the flight back. Um, okay. I'll never forget it. And I'm going to try not to get emotional, but I was sitting at the back, you know, all of the students I had in front of me, I was sitting at the back and out of nowhere, the, the, the white vomit bags <laughs> started coming in a row to my seat. And I'm like, why are y'all passing me these bags? Like what is going on here? And as I would turn them over, all of them had wrote me letters on the back of the bags. Oh, my. About how Thank you. this trip made them feel. And oh they were so goodness. appreciative. And they couldn't believe that they had this opportunity. And, you know, it was that for me. And, and crazily, because I'm super sentimental i for years i had the bags taped on the back of my office door in my house (laughs) for years i mean like i I had to have a son to take them down because i had to change the room out but i had those on the back of the door so whenever when i went in my office and closed the door it just reminded me um of that trip and how they felt and i mean the letters were so emotional on the back of these little i can imagine but um, that was the highlight to just be sitting back there like, oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus, for letting me get them all back. Home. Yes, exactly. Mission accomplished. And then, like you said, for to get those out of nowhere, that just mm-hmm. showed you how much they appreciated you and admired the opportunity. That is just oh, I see. I love stories like that. And that's why I'm glad we had you on talk about Big Thought. Can you talk about what's coming up with Big Thought over the next couple of months here? Well, um, particularly we are in ramp up season. So we have some things happening on kind of the development side with our works of heart event coming up at 
fossil, um, where art will be auctioned off from our Creative Solutions Program. We have our big night coming up in March. Wait, 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 um, wait, 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 wait. Oh, you're you're oh. zipping through this. You said fossil. Oh. You're talking about where they make the watches? Yes, fossil, where they make the watches and leather and purses and wallets and all that good stuff. That is huge. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah. And so what's going to happen there again? Break that down because, again, use it through this. People like this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So um, we it, it's a an auction event where uh, a fossil host and, and they also have some creators that put things into the auction as well. Mm-hmm. But um, Big Thought is highlighted um, as a partner with Fossil and um we put some of our art that the students created from our creative solutions program and that art is auctioned off and and we have that you know relationship uh with fossil to support creative solutions that's awesome i love the partnerships and i love that particular project and you were about to say the other project before i had you reflect (laughs) (laughs) sure um that is called big night it's an annual event that big thought hosts um we have tickets you can purchase tickets but it's like a a really fun gala um you'll get to learn about big thought Mm -hmm. um it'll be a fun night um it's also a fundraising night so we have um of course in big big thought fat and true big thought fashion we've got new programs coming up we've got new initiatives we need to take on so we are in fundraising season and we'd love to have people come out um um, to that event um big night it's march the 4th if i'm not mistaken um and you can purchase tickets on our website well tell us more about the website where they can find i think the website is also amazing it's a nice casual look through everything. It's it's really well done. I always, you know, tell listeners, you know, because, you know, I have to thank Amazon because Amazon has made it so that people shop online more. So people mm-hmm. are just used to looking at websites and going down the rabbit hole. And I highly recommend people go to bigthought.org to see what you guys are all about. And is there any information you want to pass along for those who might want to partner with Big Thought or volunteer? Yes. So, of course, you can, you know, go to our website, uh, bigthought.org. But you can also, of course, tap in with us on social media. Big Thought also um, hosts, um, what is it called? An open house on Mondays. So it's like first Mondays. Yeah. So if you're interested in partnering with us, it's the perfect place for you to tap in and and jump on the, the Teams or Zoom um, or come in person at our Big Thought offices, which is located um, South of near downtown. Yeah, on South Side of Lamar on Botham Jean Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And um, you could tap into those open houses on first Mondays of every month. Um, but yeah, just go to our website, look at all of our programs. If you see something that interests you, please just one of the program managers, send them an email, shoot me an email, christina.dove at bigthought.org. I can get you connected. Um, and, and we'd love to, to, to have your support in any way, volunteerism, um, donors, uh, individual givers. We love all of the support that we can get. So absolutely. She is Christina Dove, the director of creative voices for bigthought.org. Christina, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. And joining us right now is our next guest. He is Blake Lindsay. He's the outreach manager with Envision Dallas. Blake, how are you doing this morning? Hi, Chris. I'm doing really well. How well, about yourself? I'm doing great. I First of all, I've talked with a couple of people over at Envision Dallas before, and you guys are amazing. And for those who don't know much about Envision Dallas, uh, you guys provide inspiration and opportunity for people who are blind or visually impaired. In other words, you guys provide work for people who don't have the opportunity to work because people think, okay, they're blind or they're visually impaired. They can't do this. They can't do that. And you guys do such amazing work. You've even got a contract with the military. You're absolutely right, Chris. This is an incredible place. Uh, They really know how to inspire us to be our best every day. They are compassionate leaders, you know, and it takes a special leader uh, to, to come into a place that you have mostly blind employees but I really love it here, you know, and I've worked in all kinds of places at banks, at radio stations. And, uh, but this place really stands out in a special way, not only because of the the mission, but the passion that my leadership has and the fact that they're uh, so helpful in in training and making certain that we're able to do the jobs well and expecting us to counting on us and really making it a big deal when we do well. Okay. So this is really interesting. When I talked to you on the phone the other day, I noticed your radio sounding voice. So I knew you had a radio (laughs) background. You really do sound like you've been doing radio for a long time. How long was your radio career? And then how did you wind up joining Envision Dallas? And especially as their outreach manager? Well, I was on the air as a DJ for 22 years, a lot of personality. And I got to do a lot of great stuff in Austin, San Antonio. Then I made it up here to Dallas and I just worked at, uh, Two radio stations had a 10-year career up here, but 22-year total. And from that, I Where was did you work here in Dallas? Well, I worked at 106.1 KISS FM. Look out. Worked at 98.7 K-Love. Look out. And I've had loads of friends at 1080 KRLD over the years. There you go. And uh, But I used to listen to you, and and, uh, and I still do. But I, I listen to you at other stations. And, right. So you probably listen to, to me and you, Tom Joyner and Skip Murphy back in the day. Yep, yep. I remember that so well on K104. That is absolutely amazing. Again, Blake, tell us how you wound up. So you you had this long radio career, which is, you know, again, you have not – were you blind by at birth or did you lose your vision over time? 
I've been blind all of my entire memory. I was nine months old and mom and dad started noticing that my eyes did not look healthy. And especially during feeding times, they knew what an appetite I had, but yet I would not be as alert during feeding times. And so that concerned mom and dad. And they took me to several specialists, a lot of doctors that did not know the answer, but they were always encouraging to move on to the next level of doctors that might know. And then mom and dad finally got me in front of the right panel of doctors who discovered I had a retina blastoma. Kind of sounds like dynamite, doesn't it, Tris? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it dangerous. Was, <laughs> it was cancerous. And oh uh, so they had to remove that cancer right away as soon as possible. They had two surgeries, one for each eye. They were very successful at removing all the cancer. I haven't had any relapse except for little skin cancer from getting too much sunshine, you know, out the mm -hmm. pool. Uh, but other than that, it's uh, it's been a, a great out of sight life, literally <laughs> not having any sight, but also uh, just being able to do a lot of a lot of jobs. And when I got over here in 2009, you mentioned uh, you wanted to know, you know, how I found out about former Dallas Lighthouse, now Envision Dallas. Yes. And I want to make that clear. A lot of people remember uh, the old Dallas Lighthouse for the Blind because this place was very popular mm -hmm. uh, from the 50s, especially through the 80s. Mm -hmm. And I'd say from 55 to about 1990, you had 35 years there uh, that we were going door to door with the products that we made right here on Capitol Avenue. And uh, we'd make those products and then we would get in a truck driven by somebody else. Don't worry about it. There wasn't a person blind You say driving. that. You say that, but I've heard rumors about Stevie Wonder, and I bet you could probably drive if you wanted to, too. Well, that's Stevie for you. But, you know, <laughs> uh, but we really, uh, we, we had a good time back then. I've talked to employees that were here. I didn't get here until 2009. Uh, when I got here, uh, this place really wasn't doing as well. A lot of people didn't know about us, mm -hmm. and we had kind of lost our way, even though we were still being helpful to the blind community which, by the way, is over 150,000 people in the 11 counties that we serve. Wow. That's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. and, and we're able to scrape the surface pretty well because a lot of people now know about us, thanks to people like you, Chris. And so they're coming to us for employment, education, inspiration, but they've definitely got uh, services and programs here that will help you if you've gone blind later in life. Uh, to get back into the groove and to get reoriented, to get, you know, acclimated to what can help you. We've got an apartment here, which enables people to be able to go find the tools that best will help you. Uh, and Esther's Place is the name of it. Mm -hmm. And we uh, acquired that through uh, AFD. They used to have that. And now we've really improved it the last couple of years. It's a wonderful, wonderful place. But back in 09, I met the former CEO of then Dallas Lighthouse for the Blind. And she knew that I was a speaker and I had written a book uh, called Blind for a Purpose, Turning Life Challenges into Purpose in Life. And so she asked me to come over here and speak to her crew. Uh, I spoke to this group three different times. Uh, they were different groups, but she had me kind of divide them up. And before I knew it, I fell in love with the mission. I knew that they were hurting with her branding and that a lot of people had kind of forgotten about them. They had lost their way a little bit. Mm -hmm. And her name was Nancy, very nice lady. Uh, and then uh, about seven years ago, a little, little more than about eight years ago now, I met Michael Monteferranti, and he's our CEO up in Wichita. And um, I got to meet him, and Michael said, you know, Blake, we sure would like to do something with Dallas. And so Hugh McElroy was my CEO at that time. We'd gone through uh, a couple of CEOs after Nancy. And I introduced Hugh 
to Michael Monafrani. And then I don't get any credit from what happened from there on out, but I knew that they were, uh, their, their mindsets were a lot the same, that they're both inspiring people. So Hugh and Michael got together, made an acquisition happen uh, May 1st of 2018. And this place has been better ever since. Yeah. And then now we get to work with David Stupe, who's been on KRLD. And David oh, yeah. inspired I've, I've had him on the show. Day. I've had Dave on the show several times. Yeah, he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. I, I love David, and uh, he loves us. You can tell he's a leader looking to encourage others. And he knows how to joke around, and he also knows how to get serious. And he's one of those guys you can be a friend with, but also respect as a boss. Mm-hmm. And not everybody can do that. But uh, David Stupe is one of those guys that I get to work with every day. It's an amazing story. And again, can you talk about, for those who aren't uh, familiar with some of the products that that Envision Dallas does make, and I mentioned the military contract because you you provide some of the gear. These are incredible trousers that we're starting to make. We're going to start out by hemming them. That's what we're doing currently. And it's a 30-month layout of opportunity to be able to learn everything a step at a time. So as we get good at hemming, which I believe we already are, I know some people that are having a blast with that. We have just begun. Uh, But the next, if I'm not mistaken, I may get things out of order, but I know that belt loops, pockets, uh, you know, the the, the front of the pants, all that will, will be spread out over, I believe, five different parts. And so in 30 months from now, we're going to be doing the entire pair of trousers and lots of them. And the best part, Chris, is that we get to hire about 50 people over the next 18 months who are blind or visually impaired to be able to sew. They'll be properly trained. We've got a gentleman here named Luis. I call him MacGyver, but this guy literally (laughs) takes equipment and modifies it. He's an expert at, at closing his eyes, kind of envisioning being blind. Now, how would I do this? How would this feel? And Luis is able to adapt the equipment for safety, number one, efficiency and accuracy. And the equipment is easier to use without getting hurt that way. Plus, our trainers here go the extra mile in making absolutely certain that everybody knows how not to get hurt. Right. And so we don't we don't have a lot of issues with uh, first aid. And uh, a lot of that has gotten better, better, better every year. And we take a lot of pride in that. Paul Parks is, uh, uh, you know, he's over quality. And then we have quality assurance here in Dallas. But it's just incredible how much time and effort and love they put into making sure that we're not going to get hurt unless we're trying to get hurt. And as far as I know, most of us are not <laughs> making an effort there to get hurt. So right. it's working out well. And so what are some of the other products as well? Well, we uh, one thing we've made for a long time is wall pockets. Right. And uh, they're actually pretty popular. They, they go on people's door. I've got one on my door that you can put hard copy uh, memos in. Uh, but we've made eyeglass cases. I'm going over some of the legacy products we've right. made for a while. Mm-hmm. But we also make a lot of certificate holders that uh, that have diplomas in them. Okay. High schools, right. junior high schools. Yeah. Uh, obviously, educational there with universities, colleges. It just goes on. And we, we're going to be cranking out probably over a million of these a year. We used to make 90000 a year for the military. But these certificate holders are sturdy and uh, good looking. And we've got a machine now that helps us to multi-produce. And we're able to put these together. We make pens and highlighters. Uh, in mm-hmm. fact, we make 30%, Chris, of the writing instruments for the government. And so we're very busy 
making uh, pens and highlighters and dry erase. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Sometimes as, as many as a million a month, no more than that. Uh, goodness, it seems like it's, I, I, I want to get my numbers right for you. I don't want to just make up numbers, but it's pretty huge. Yeah. And I love yeah. to hear those machines because they're aggressively popping out those pens and highlighters. Then we package them up. Uh, we've also got a fulfillment center where we repackage things for state institutions. Mm-hmm. And we've even got talking scanners. Didn't used to have those. And so now that's a blind friendly job that used to require people who are sighted to assist more than they do today. And we still get help from people who are excited to set things up for us. In most cases, though, we can do the majority of the project being totally blind or visually impaired. It sounds and, uh, like, Blake, it sounds like in your building, you've got several Alexa or Siri prototypes helping people out. <laughs> we really do. We absolutely do. And it's people that realize that, uh, you know, people, especially beginners, need some good solid training mm-hmm. and uh and repetitive is great you know when you start liking a project and you're into it and you do it every day and you're repetitive with it then you you get perfect you know uh mm-hmm. practice makes perfect as we've heard all of our entire life and there's so much truth to that and a lot of these people uh don't even want to transfer to other things but a lot of people do and that's why we're excited we have so many different projects going on uh in sewing you know, we can make anything. We could make wedding dresses if we needed to, but mm-hmm. we adapt the equipment. We get the right people to train us who are experts. And uh, because normally people who are blind would not be able to sew without some good training. Some mm-hmm. people learn from their grandparents. You know, there's not a lot of good sewers today. And so we discovered that, you know, we, we often need to train them. But once they're trained and they get into a position, they're they're really happy with it. So some people like to stay in their their current uh, comfort zone. And then there are those who say, you know what? I wouldn't mind working in the call center. My communication skills are uh-huh. even better than Blake Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Blake, this is what I really like about Envision Dallas is David was telling me about this. A number of the employees put it like this employees who either have lost their sight or never had sight blind. They actually care about their jobs more. They take more pride in their work than the average workers in certain you know, occupations. And that's what I really enjoy. It's like they appreciate the opportunity and they take pride in what they do. It's like, my name is on this. There's a hundred percent truth in what you just said, Chris. And the fact is that 70% of people who are blind or visually impaired between the ages of 18 and 75 are unemployed. And I say 75 because people are wanting to work later. Thank yeah. you. Know, and, they, mm-hmm. and they should, but uh, bottom line is it's more difficult in a lot of cases for us to get employment. Now I've been fortunate that I've had a job here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for over 31 years. I'm kind of dating myself as an old guy, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, I was in my 20s when I got to Dallas, and I was able to get jobs. And and a lot of that is because my parents really drove me to achieve. And so what I would do is I would go into an interview, and I would let my employer know what it was going to take. First of all, what I could do. Uh, I would let them know what my capabilities were, and then I would let them know specifically and I do research if I needed to, but specifically what I would need to make the job work well. And if I needed somebody to assist me with anything, I would let them know in a kind way. I, I might need some help with this, but typically I would make sure that I was trying to get hired in something I was certain I could do, not driving a truck, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, you have to be careful 
uh, you know, it's it's not limitless. A lot of people think, you know, I, I can do anything, everything. That's not true, but you can do a lot. And so you, you should have specificity with what you're trying out to do. And if you have all the answers for your employer, you can often get a job. I got a lot of breaks because people believed in me. I was I was competent and I was able to uh, inform people what I needed. And they love that because a lot of times they were afraid to ask, afraid to be politically correct or not. Mm-hmm. Am I going to get sued if I ask this or whatever? And it's sad it's gotten that way because people can't just open up and be honest. And yeah, I know what right you mean. Yeah. It, it limits your communication or people structure their communication because they're so afraid to offend. I know exactly what you're saying. Um, yeah. Now, now speaking of all the different jobs that you've had and you're the outreach manager, one of the outreach managers there, what does an outreach manager do for Envision? Something different every day. Sometimes I ah. may be speaking, speaking to a group of people, for example, mm-hmm. uh, a potential employer with maybe a project that we could possibly do. You're almost an ambassador. Yeah, I'm an ambassador. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I, what I love to do is inform people in our capabilities and what we're currently doing. And I got to tell you, Chris, I take a list of of products that we make with me because we've got so many now. I forget what half of them are unless I'm just, you know, Mm -hmm. gliding my finger over the braille. But what I do is I enable people to understand what our capabilities are, and how we do it, I, I, I talk about Luis, the guy that modifies the equipment for us. And then I encourage people to come by and look for themselves. See for yourself. We don't, we're not offended by that see for yourself business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always say hearing is believing. But anyway, <laughs> seeing is believing. Yeah. You know, and so you got to really get over here and see what we do. Because when you see people in action and you see the, uh, the, the workmanship and the spirit that we have, uh, through David Stupay's inspiration and a lot of leaders that really care about this place starts with the top with Michael Monafrani and all the, all the way down. And if, if people aren't motivated, they, they soon become that way around here. And so people come through, they see the capabilities, but I like to educate people and what we can do when I go speak to people and also about our services, because often if I speak to a large enough group before I know it, I've got somebody that needs our services and they call me up and they say, Blake, I'm so glad you stopped by. I know this individual going blind. Mm -hmm. We need your help. What can you do for us? And then they put me in touch with that person. I give them some encouragement. I get them over here to look around or listen around. Uh, I take them place to place, introduce them to people. They soon realize that the morale is high over here. It hadn't always been that way, but the last five years, it pretty much certainly has been as we've seen a lot of growth, a lot of improvements, a lot of people that, are making things happen. So that's what I do. And I write stories about people. I love to write stories. Um, I'll talk about my book here in a moment, but the, the stories that I like to write are inspirational about the employees that work here. Everybody's got a different situation. Like you mentioned before, Chris, is that sometimes people go blind later in life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people like her, you know, just like Blaze and Blake here, they've gone blind at the top of their life at nine months old in my case. And so uh, it's, it's really one of those things where people need to know what our capabilities are, how we can serve them as well is very important. And they can tell that through the, the stories that I get to write. I try to get them published in small venues where a lot of people will see them. Mm-hmm. I like to tell stories of some of the employees of the year that have been here the past 13 years that I've been here have been remarkable employees of the year. So it's kind of fun to, to tell their stories and because uh, there's so many stories be, besides my own. There's over 100 people here who are blind or visually impaired. I believe there's 212 people in the building. 
I may be off by one or two, but it's it's a, a lot of people. A lot of people don't realize how large we are. It's a great I, community. I, I can just tell. And again, between you and David, you've you've painted some great pictures about what it's like at Envision Dallas. Now you've mentioned this book. This is the third book you've written. Can you tell us about this new book? Well, it's it's the best book I've ever written. I got to tell you a secret. I worked with my dad on this book. My dad's been an educator for around 62 years. Mm -hmm. And dad is 83. I always tease him. I say, dad, you still got a lot of tread on your tires. And he does. (laughs) Uh, He's he's very, uh, he he still works full time by choice. He wouldn't Mm -hmm. need to, but he enjoys it. He's plugged in. He's aware. He knows a lot about leadership. And so what I did is I, I gave dad 10 stories, 10 chapters uh, that, that needed very little to no editing on the, on the actual stories themselves. But I said, dad, I want you to take the business leadership takeaways from each one of these stories that I'm telling on how I overcame obstacles and got extraordinary results. And that's the name of the book is, is overcoming obstacles and getting extraordinary results. And so oh, dad, I love this. I love, you know, I love motivational books. Oh, well, this is definitely that, but I got to give dad credit because he really showed me uh, how to approach leaders who are looking to encourage others mm-hmm. who are going through obstacles because we all are going through obstacles, not just the blind community or the deaf community or the uh, disabled community for that matter, but everybody. And, yeah. Uh, your hurdles are different than mine to hop over. Mine are unique to me and to blindness, but I would say that, that God treats you equally with me. You probably get as many, uh, Stinks in your life is <laughs> no, mm-hmm. as I do, mm-hmm. but then we've got the victories that we can really anchor ourselves to. And so there's always those extraordinary results that take place sometimes from uh, the hardships of life and the things that that kick us in the hiney for the time really improve and get a lot better. And then we can really celebrate that. And other people see us going through those difficult times and they see the victory. Exactly. And so it's encouraging to others to share our difficulties and what we're going through, the pains of life, because there's there's more victories than there are pains in most cases. I think it's kind of an 80-20, but I'm just making up a number. But I'd say 80% of the time I'm doing fantastic things are going perfect. Mm-hmm. And that 20% we focus on sometimes a little too hard. Right. You dwell uh, on it. And that's why some people say, well, 80-20, maybe it's more you know, 60-40 or 50. It, it depends on <laughs> if you dwell on it or not. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And I try not to dwell on, on the mishaps in life. However, I try to learn from them and I exactly. try to get better and improve. Exactly. It's all about learning from mishaps or mistakes or bad situations so that either you won't do that again or you learn what you can do the next time or you learn from it so that you can share that wisdom and someone else won't make those same mistakes. So you say you got 10 different situations in this book? 10 different situations that I've gone through and they're fun to read stories. That's what I love about them. There's a lot of photos that I can't see, but I hear they're, they're good photos and uh, photos with me and leaders photos with me in different situations. Mm-hmm. I've gotten to skydive before. So I talk a lot. Hey, about I've done that yeah. too. That, that's great. How, first of all, fun? you got to tell me this. What, when I did, I'd, I've done it twice and I actually looked forward to it. I want to know your thoughts about skydiving since you could not see. Well, I got to tell you, it probably re- it reduced the fear yeah. uh, of not being able to look down. So honestly, when I used to go on the, the wild roller coasters and stuff like that, when I was a kid and I would go to Six Flags mm-hmm. over Texas or wherever, 
I would always take, uh, you know, the, the most stunt type rides that I could get the most thrill. But Are I you saying you sit down. on the front row? <laughs> yeah. I was one of those dudes. Yeah. But I, I always feel like blindness uh, is sometimes an advantage. I, yeah. I don't have to look in the mirror. I, I'm always here and I got a radio face. So <laughs> I don't have to see it. And right. uh, that, that's probably a good thing. But but what I really love is is uh, being able to talk about these these times in my life when I went through something and uh, was able to get on the other side of it. But I talk a lot about employers because so much of our life is work, at least it should be, and working to improve, working to uh, to be able to you know trust others and to be trustworthy ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, what's the name of the book again, and where can people buy it? It is called Overcoming Obstacles and getting extraordinary results. And I encourage everybody to uh, just reach out to me. I'm going to give you my telephone number if I can I do sure. that. Go right ahead. Okay. Anybody can call me all day. I'm usually, if, if I'm not by my phone, I will be soon. But 214-420-9411. So again, 214-420-9411. Or they can email me at Blake dot Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, at EnvisionUS.com. Envision is spelled with an E. And I'll be more than happy to get you set up with a book. We're really giving them to people uh, who give a donation. Uh, we, we appreciate that. We got a big capital campaign. We're going to be moving here in about a year to Farmer's Branch at mm-hmm. 635-35 and 190. It's a huge building. Oh, yeah. And Dave told it. me all about that. Yeah. Yeah, we're outgrowing this place. And so we need the donations. They all add up. Doesn't matter whether you're given uh, 20 bucks or, you know, given $20,000. We need it. Uh, we'll, we'll be grateful for it. But uh, those books are available that way. I'm giving them to people that care about the Envision mission. And uh, moving forward, I think that I want to get a lot of people encouraged about coming over here to take a peek for themselves and a listen and uh, just let me know also if you know anybody losing their sight that I can help out because we as equally want to help as we want to, uh, as we do want to receive, you know, for, for the new building and everything coming up. That's a big project, but we are nothing less than way excited about it. Blake, it's been a pleasure having you on. We must do it again. You are a visionary, my friend. I appreciate you. Thank you, Chris. Really good to meet you at last. All right, and we will meet in person. I promise you that. He's Blake L- Lindsay. I'm Chris Arnold of 105 Feet of Fan. Thanking you for joining us. Tune in next week as we focus on other organizations and individuals doing great things in our community right here on Better Living. So long, everybody. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.